Welcome to the Happy Kids Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and welcome to today's show. Today, we're introducing a brand new podcast. It's called the Happy Kids Podcast, and today's show is 001, The Introduction. To this whole new series. Right. <laughs> well, Bill, it's a whole new age with kids. Boy, you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> and this this is something we're really well aware of with our three grandchildren. You we're know, running to keep up with them we are. all the time. <laughs> Even our children who are in their mid to late 30s, we're running to keep up with them. But, oh my gosh, the grandkids, <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> yep. Now, the really interesting thing is, that the kids are so sophisticated, you know? I mean, many of us have these really tech-savvy kids, and they're already doing things with computers, and they all have these little iPads or tablets. Most of them have something that they're very familiar with. If they're not doing it at home, they're doing it at school. At the local school where our grandkids go, they've gotten another new grant, and it won't be long before every single student has their own iPad. Now, whether they get to bring them all home or not, I don't know about that part, but I know for school use, they're going to have iPads at school for every single child, if not completed by this year, certainly within three years' time. So it's really an amazing, amazing thing. It, it's it is. so different <laughs> than what I went to school. Our, I know. Our son was just telling us this story. I think it was just yesterday or the day before he was telling us about how he had to run one of the iPads from his house over to deliver it to his son who was on his way to school. And they were having a day at school where they were going to use their electronic gadgets. This was a reward because they'd done so well in math as a class. Now, normally in, in his day, he said they used to have a day where they'd all play board games or something. In the but... afternoon, they get like from one thirty to 3, and class was over at 3. And so they would play board games. I thought, wow, how passe. You know, now <laughs> it's iPads, you know. Right. And so, and I said, well, does every kid in class have their own iPad? He said, well, I don't know, but Ryan will. And basically, I guess it's electronic day. It's not necessarily iPad day, but from Monday to Thursday, they all did so well in their reading and math and got good scores. So the teacher said, well, Friday, you get to have an electronic day. You know, so, and I said to my son, is that the whole day? You know, they, they don't do anything but screw off all day on their electronic toys. And he says, I don't really know, but, you know, he's probably going to look into it and get some more information. Right. Now, you know, it's not just the kids that are going to school. We've got a little granddaughter at home. She's four now. But certainly by the time she was three, she was already running our smart TV. Like she knew a remote from A to Z. She knows how to start up the television. She knows how to put her disc into the DVD. She knows how to go through the menu, find where the DVD player is. You and, know and, what I mean? <laughs> and bear in mind that, unfortunately, I don't just have one remote. You know, I wish I had one remote. I know they have smart remotes, but I don't quite have one yet. So we've got like four or five remotes all together. And she basically learned to use all of the remotes. And when she needs a movie or wants a movie, she'll pick out a movie and that's what we'll watch while we're eating. So she goes to the book where the movies are kept in their little sleeves and she knows how to pick it out now. In the early days, she didn't. She got her fingerprints all over it and then I had to wash it and then put it back in because it wouldn't play properly. 
So now she knows to hold it the special way and put it in the <laughs> tray in the special way. And, you know, it's just amazing watching this all happen. I've had adults over when she's been using the remotes and they go, why many things? Does she know how to use all that? <laughs> yeah. And this is, I'm sure she's not the only one. This is kind of the way it is in the world today with a lot of the younger children. Yet, in many ways, these kids are all still really innocent and they have these amazing, you know, imaginations. And they have this capacity for playing imaginary games. They still very much appreciate the old fashioned way of doing things and all the interactive games that they can play with adults. They just love that. So that's really one of the main reasons for us to do this show, because we're not made out of money. Our son is very fortunate, and he is financially very well set, but we're still chugging along, and we can't keep up with them from a financial standpoint. We can't be buying all these different little gadgets. So we rely on a lot of our own creativity, plus our memory, as I think a lot of parents, and especially a lot of grandparents do. We have the kids several days a week after school, and we have them in the morning sometimes. And then our little four-year-old, we have her when she's not in preschool. We have a lot of time to do some interesting things and creative things. We're wanting to share many of the things that we do and the things the kids have fun with. We're going to have future podcasts where we'll just start right out talking about some of these fun things and fun ideas. Well, we're going to do that today still to give you a taste of what this podcast is going to look like. But right now we need to take a very quick break and thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And now we'll get back to our podcast. We're going to be talking about, as we mentioned, simple pleasures. And one of the things, of course, that almost every parent does with their children is read stories. This is one of the things that we've had great success with. And what we found is that we have a lot of older books that have stories in them that these kids would never be exposed to. They're stories from when we were little kids. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of old golden books as well. We do. So Bill made it a ritual every day after the kids would settle down to take a nap. He would first read them a story before they went to lay down. This is before they got into school as preschoolers. Now we've graduated the older kids into reading for themselves, and they now have a reading time. They do this every time they come to our house. They pretty much know when they hit the door that they're going to go read for a little bit before we do anything else. <laughs> and then, of course, they get off into the rest of their homework. This is one of the things that the teachers are really encouraging this. Not so much the kids are like <laughs> to do this. <laughs> But we do have a reading time, as Kira said, and their dad has set at least a minimum of 30 minutes. We do monitor that. Oftentimes at the end of 30 minutes, by God, you know, if they're in the middle of a page, they want to be done. But I heard my granddaughter, it was so funny, on the way home the other day, my middle granddaughter said to her brother, I just finished this book. It was really good. Do you want to read it? And he looked over at the title. And he said, oh, 
I don't know. I have one right now. And she says, it's really good. You'll really like it. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's exactly what we were hoping for, that they would start falling in love with literature. That's true. That is working really well. We really like the fact that they're reading the stories and they are enjoying it. That's the main thing. Another thing that we play with the kids, sort of a common game, and I think many parents probably play this one as well, is hide and seek. Now, it's amazing to me that the kids like to play hide and seek. They'll go in the bedroom where there are very few places to hide. I mean, you have your bunk beds, you have the closet, maybe under the bed. And then sometimes they actually set up tents and they'll hide behind those. And they'll hide in little nooks and crannies. But there isn't a lot to the bedroom in terms of being able to hide. Yet they will just play this game over and over and over again. It's, no, you go on out, Grandma. You go on out now. I'm going to hide. We're going to hide and we'll tell you. We'll tell you when we're ready. Go on out there. We're shutting the door. And I come in and I know that, you know, they have to be in like one of three or four places, right? So I'm just taking my time. I'm looking in all these places where I know they're not going to be. Well, where could they be? They just enjoy the whole process so much. It's the beautiful imaginative suspense of belief. And it can only happen at this age. <laughs> so, you know, we're taking advantage of it forever, how long it lasts. No. The older two kids, we thought it wouldn't be lasting this long. But the baby, who again is four, totally loves it and totally is still in the belief. I think you know, this is a game that you play with her just about every day. Don't just you? about. She's, she's just four about. years old now. And every single day, it's, Papa, let's play hide and seek. and Or she'll run off and she'll say, Papa, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> And she could be in Kira's office, which is usually dark. Don't keep the light on. And she's hiding under the desk. Well, you know, (laughs) so to play along, I have to know that she's not there. And I have to look all over and look in the bathroom and call out, where are you? And sometimes I use that B5 and do that kind of thing and stamp my feet. And so, you know, it becomes quite a thing. But she's usually always hiding behind the chair and under the desk at Kira's <laughs> office or sometimes in the closet. You know, it's so funny. It is funny because it's like a ritual, you know. It's every day she's in the same place, but she Le- just still enjoys playing the game so much. Lately, she wants to play this game called Lump Lump. Who's that lump? And she learned this at preschool. At preschool, it seems to work better than it works at our house. But again, she's in that mode of suspension of belief. So basically, the way you play that is with, say, 20 preschool kids, one of the children will be it, if you will, will be the one that has to find the missing preschooler. And then they'll take a blanket and they'll put it over the top of one of the preschoolers. And then all the other kids will form a circle with that person in the middle underneath the blanket. So when they finally call the person who's it back from the bathroom, then that person has to look around the group and try to figure out which of their classmates is missing, (laughs) which, of course, then be under that blanket. And they're all saying, lump, lump, who's that lump under the blanket? (laughs) This is why it's called lump, lump, who's that lump? So in our house, it's a little bit tough because the only people who can be lumps under the blanket is grandma and grandpa. (laughs) So if grandpa's standing there, well, it's got to be grandma under there. (laughs) But it doesn't matter to her. She doesn't care. And she still wants to play it. And she still wants to guess who's under that blanket and throw the blanket back and see if she's right. She's like, okay, Papa, 
you go hide under the blanket. I'm going in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And we we just have so much fun playing the game. Well, sometimes we'll stick something else underneath the blanket, like some pillows or something that looked like Papa. (laughs) Last week at lunch, Kira put four pillows under the blanket as if I was laying down. And then I was hiding in the kitchen. So she came back and, you know, we're trying to guess who's there, who's there. So when she finally threw the blanket back and saw the pillows, <laughs> she, <laughs> she was so sure Papa was under there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. And that's a way to just have a really good time and give them memories that they're going to share for so long and then help make your day just kind of fly along. Exactly. And, you know, Bill, you create a lot of, I think you do a lot of ritualistic things with her almost on a daily basis. When she's eating at lunchtime, Bill will be holding her arm and saying, wait, wait, you can't put that in your mouth. That's my food. Don't eat it. And then she'll say, no, Papa, this is my food. And sometimes she'll start to put the food toward her mouth and she'll look at him like, well, are you, aren't you going to play the game with me? No. <laughs> And this all grew from fighting with our oldest grandson when he was about three, maybe four, and he didn't want to eat a thing. In fact, he's still underweight for his age group, but we fought like crazy. Oh my God, it was so hard. And we vowed, we finally got to a point where we said, we absolutely cannot do this anymore. We had to find some way of making a game. So the next thing that ended up, you know, we did that with the food. Well, Then they get to a point where they don't want to put their clothes on. The baby used to be dressed by either one of us after bath time or before nighttime when she stayed over or whatever. And it was great for her just to stand there and be dressed. (laughs) But then it got time for her to be old enough to put her clothes on by herself. Now she's a big girl. And so now it's a fight, right? If you say, put your clothes on. Or let's get dressed or put your PJs on for a night, whatever. It's a fight. So I have made a game out of that by taking her clothes and making a comment about it. Like, say, she might have a Hello Kitty shirt. So I'll take it and say, oh, here's my Hello Kitty shirt. I'm going to wear this this afternoon. I don't need to wear my old ugly shirt. I'm going to wear this Hello Kitty shirt. Oh, Papa, you can't wear that. It's too small for you. No, that's mine. That's really mine. So then I take it, and then she grabs it back, and then I take it. And then finally, she grabs it out of my hand and runs in the playroom, gets herself dressed, and comes back like, see, you can't have it. I have it. It's on me now. You can't have it. And then we do that with her sock. We do that with her pants. And yeah, it takes longer. So for some parents who are absolutely right to the wall time-wise, they may not want to tolerate these, but... (laughs) If you can allow yourself a little extra time, and certainly you grandparents out there, if you can allow yourself some extra time, yeah, it does take a little extra time, but it makes it go so much faster in the long run and so much more fun. (laughs) There's no crying. (laughs) Right. Another activity that we found that eliminates a lot of dissension and a lot of bickering is singing in the car. We have some really great things. We're going to do a future podcast all about songs that captivate kids and keep peace in the car as they really just get into some of these songs. They really love them and they just love to sing them over and over again. So that's another really great thing to do with kids. We have a great CD that we're going to share with you at that time. And we play it over and over and over again. And the kids never seem to get tired of it. So They know all the songs by heart and they love a lot of them. They just love to sing them. Well, it's time for a break. 
for another sponsor. So we'll be back in a sec. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. We're back, and it looks like we're running out of time for today. We have quite a few things we want to discuss with you, so we'll table a few things for next time. So it looks like that's our show for today. I want to thank you all for being with us today and listening to the Happy Kids Podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to iTunes Podcast and look for Better Living Institute Happy Kids Podcast. There you'll also find all the podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk Podcast, the Happy Tips Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, the Happiness Experience Podcast, and of course, the Happy Kids Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. Bill and I encourage you to leave us a message about your own Happy Kids experiences on our website's contact page. We'd love to share them with our listeners on a future show. You can also message and like us on Facebook at Better Living Institute or send us an email to email at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time. And remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Itterson for the Better Living Institute saying, so long for now, everybody. 